Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Achieve Your Best. My name is Ellie Nieves, and I'm a speaker, a writer, and a leadership coach. I'm also the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I coach women just like you to help you develop the confidence and leadership skills that you need to achieve your best in every area of your life. To learn more about Leadership Strategies for Women, you can visit my webpage at www.leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. I'm very excited that we're kicking off our new season with an exciting roster of guests who are going to provide you with advice, insights, and leadership strategies that are going to help you to get to the next level in your career and business. And before we start our show, I just want to invite you to the 2009 Divine Design Weekend Getaway. Uh, If you long for a life of greater significance or if you feel like you're mismatched with your dreams, your passions, and your goals, then maybe it's time for a change. You can take the time to relax, reflect, and redirect your steps towards an inspired path specifically designed for you. The Divine Design Weekend will take place at the Golden Inn Resort and Spa on the beach in Avalon, New Jersey, from October 16th through the 18th. To register and to get more information about the retreat, you can go to www.divinedesign09.eventbrite.com. Again, that's www.divinedesign09. Dot eventbrite and that's e v e n t b r i t e dot com. So the topic of our show today is paving your road to leadership, and our guest is Joe Miller. Joe has a passion for helping women develop their leadership skills, confidence, and presence, and specializes in helping women break into leadership in industries that have traditionally been considered a man's world, such as technology, finance, and energy. And since 1998, Joe has developed and implemented coaching programs that have benefited women worldwide. Joe created the Women's Leadership Coaching Leadership Coaching System and has logged many thousands of hours coaching women who are in executive and management positions or aspire to be. She's traveled widely in Europe and in the U.S. to facilitate leadership development programs for women's initiatives in Fortune 1000 companies, including Oracle Women in Leadership, Nortel Women's Business Council, National Semiconductors Women at National, w, uh, sorry, UBS Women's Leadership Conference, and numerous others. She was named one of Silicon Valley San Jose Business Journal's 40 People to Watch under the age of 40 in 2006, and one of Silicon Valley's Women of Influence in 2008. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ellie. It's an honor to be invited to speak with you today. Wonderful to have you on our show today, and I know that you're going to provide our listeners with some great information. So, Joe, as we get started, can you uh, tell me about your background and tell me how you got started in leadership coaching for women? Certainly. In fact, I'll, I'll tell a little story about how it is that I that I came to do what I, I do today. So, if we go back uh, 11 or 12 years ago, I was uh, a typical young up-and-coming professional woman working in a large global corporation. And like I think many of our listeners, I was quite ambitious and wanted to know what were the things I needed to do to advance into a broader leadership capacity in my career. And so I did uh, what I now know uh, a lot of people think you probably shouldn't do, which is I had an opportunity to go to my company headquarters in Boston and I sought out interviews with all of 
the top vice president and C-level leaders in my company. And so here I was as the most junior employee in this huge global corporation, knocking on doors and asking all of these very senior level bigwigs what I needed to do to get ahead. Because at the time, I didn't really know you weren't supposed to go do that. So Ellie, they gave me this fantastic list of all of the steps that I needed to take. So I went back to my office location, took all those steps and got promoted uh, three times within nine months. And then the day came when my boss called me into her office and said, look, we're thinking of giving you this big new opportunity. Would you like to take a promotion to, to step up and start to be groomed to lead a regional team? And Ellie, at that moment, the fear just took over me and I, I completely freaked out and I turned down this dream job that I campaigned for so hard. And, and in that moment, I, I started to just reassess and think, well, boy, what could have helped me? You know, could I have had a mentor or read the right books or gotten a coach? And so I started looking around for what resources there might be and not finding anything. To, to cut a long story short, I, uh, I had actually quit my job within two months to start a coaching firm with exactly that focus of, of helping women find the resources they need to confidently step into leadership. Wow, that's an amazing story. Thanks. Thanks. So over the next few years, I, I uh, started doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one individual coaching with women. And as the years went by, I started to recognize that a lot of the women that, that I and my team were coaching had similar roadblocks that they were coming up against. And, and when one woman would blast through a roadblock that was holding her back and would advance in her career, we would ask that person, okay, how did you do that? And could we share those steps with our other clients so that they can take advantage of your wisdom. And so over time, that evolved into a core set of competencies that we now teach for women who, who want to create that roadmap, that pathway into leadership for themselves. That's wonderful. And how many women have you coached by now? Boy, you know, and, and as you asked the question, I, I wish I'd kept count or kept some type of tally. I, I myself have coached in the hundreds. I now manage a, a team uh, who I train and mentor, tra uh, certified women's leadership coaches, and I'm just going to guess that we as a team have coached uh, uh, in the thousands of women worldwide. Wow, that's awesome. So can you tell me what are some of the mistakes that women make that hold them back from advancing into leadership positions in business? Sure. Yeah, good question, and thanks for asking, because you know, what I've recognized is there really are some uh, some some steps that I see women taking that seem like a good idea in how they operate every day in the workforce, but if you take a look over the longer term, they're actually doing things that hold them back from getting recognized as that up-and-coming, emerging leader, someone who's ready to go to the next level in their career. And I think one of the greatest mistakes I see is women allowing others to define their reputation. And, and what this means is being passive and holding back and not creating a very distinctive leadership brand for yourself, not, not identifying what are the points of value you bring to your organization, not creating a, a very rigorous self-assessment to figure out what are you great at and what do others need to know about you, and then stepping out of your comfort zone to go publicize that greatness and create a, a, a reputation that's of your own design. It doesn't just happen by default. And so I see a lot of women just uh, allowing circumstances around them to define their reputation, uh, which holds them back from being recognized as someone who's ready to go to the next level. Level. And, and in conjunction with that, another very similar mistake is accepting low visibility assignments. 
Mm-hmm. So often I'll see women who are just the really eager team players and, and they're so collaborative and willing to pitch in and help that they say yes to every opportunity or assignment, assignment that's offered without thinking very strategically, okay, which assignments and projects can I take on that are going to emphasize the leadership brand I want to be known for? And so the remedy for that mistake is to figure out, you know, what's the brand you want to be known for in your career? And then go out and look for assignments that demonstrate that brand or demonstrate those leadership capabilities. Take on those assignments and then find a way to publicize those accomplishments, you know, in a way that's ethical and appropriate, but make your accomplishments known throughout the organization. And I think women who take those steps very quickly build a great reputation for themselves and, and really become recognized in their organization as those up-and-coming leaders. Now, you mentioned developing your leadership brand. How can someone start taking the steps to develop that leadership brand? Oh, oh, good question. I, I actually had this in my notes as a, as a must-do during the interview. There's, there's what I consider to be three essential elements of a great leadership brand. And, and if everyone's listening in, um, could just take out a piece of paper and a pen and draw three overlapping circles on the page. So three circles that all overlap like a Venn diagram and, and we'll label each of these. Now, the first one we'll label talents because part of figuring out your brand is about knowing what your greatest skills and talents are. Uh, I was speaking with Rebecca Norlander just a couple of days ago. She's a general manager with Microsoft, and she said, know your superpowers. So the first step to figuring out your brand is know what your greatest talents or superpowers are, where you bring great value. The second area is called passion. So also take time to figure out what you're really passionate about and, and, and what it is that you do in your everyday work that lights you up and inspires you and energizes you. But the final piece is, is, is possibly the one that's most overlooked. And I'm going to invite you to put a dollar sign on the final, the final circle there because the really important piece to remember here is it's not enough to just go with your talents and your passions. A lot of women are very good at discerning what those are. But you also need to think about where do you bring value to the marketplace? So what is it that your organization or your industry needs and wants and value so greatly that you're going to be handsomely rewarded for it and guarantee yourself a very thriving and, and successful and stable career. So the ideal brand is represented by the middle of the diagram where all the three circles overlap, where your talents meet up with your passions, meet up with somewhere that, that you bring some value that is really in demand in your marketplace. And, and so then the key is to identify what that core niche is, that, that best fit niche for you in your career, and then start to go out and publicize that so people around you know you as, as being great at that thing. Now, I was actually coaching someone uh, the other day, and she had a really interesting question because she'd been in her organization for about three months, and she um, has already an idea as to where she wants to go, and she was asking me whether she thought it was too early for her to actually ask for a new position within the organization. When do you think it's a good time for a woman to ask to, move, to be moved into another role if she knows and is very clear as to what value she brings to an organization? Uh, look, here's what's so great about that woman that you're coaching, that, that she's thinking about that, because one of the, the, the mistakes that I see women make is waiting for someone to promote them. You know, they'll, they'll work hard, deliver great results, and, and then sit in their office or sit, sit in their cube waiting for someone to come by and recognize them and say, here's your opportunity to be a leader. 
And, and so one of the surefire ways to not get promoted is to passively sit and wait for it to happen and, and just hope like crazy you'll get recognized. And, and I think it's never too early to let your ambitions be known. Now, there are times and places to do that. And of course, you want to be diplomatic and respectful. But a great way to approach it for the very first time is to you know, schedule some time with your manager or your mentor or your manager's manager. In fact, do this with all of the people within that, that organizational ecosystem who have the power to help you get to where you want to be in your career. And, and you know, just put it out there. Say, look, I'm interested in advancing uh, within this organization, but then turn the tables around and ask them what advice they have to offer. So then you've done two things. One is you've, you've thrown your hat in the ring and you've let it be known that you're willing to step up and do what it takes in order to provide value, greater value and advance in the organization. But you've also taken a step towards getting a mentor, which is one of the, the greatest ways to help you uh, achieve your, your career advancement goals. Um, so back to your question. Look, I think it's great that she's thinking in that way, and I would encourage her to go for it. That's great. So can you tell me what skills you think women need to ensure that they are recognized for promotions and, and in leadership positions? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and assuming that people have done the things that we've mentioned so far uh, in the show, things like identifying your leadership brand and then going after those high-profile assignments that, that showcase that next level of skills. So assuming you're already taking those steps and, and making your brand visible and that you've let it be known that you're interested in, in moving up and advancing, then a couple additional skills that are really important is firstly having a way to, to make your value visible. And, and one of the big mistakes I see a lot of women making is downplaying their accomplishments. And I think this comes because so many of us have seen someone in our careers who was always promoting themselves and bragging, you know, the person who overdoes the self-promotion thing. So I think a lot of us women hold back from promoting our value even when it's appropriate and necessary. So one of the most important skills is to find authentic and appropriate ways to promote your accomplishments. And it could be as simple as just uh, let's see, um, making a time to present in a meeting and update your leaders on the accomplishments that have going, uh, been going on within your team and that you've been leading. It could mean things like writing an article for your company newsletter or writing an article for a blog about some, uh, some project that you've just had a big win on. But figure out some ways that are authentic and appropriate to you, but that give you all of these different ways to get your accomplishments recognized. Now, I was speaking with a very senior level woman recently, and she reminded me that it's so important that your company knows the value that you're bringing. So don't be afraid to promote your accomplishments. There's something in it for your leaders and your company because when they know what you're good at and the great results you're delivering, then they know how to tap into you and best leverage your value. So uh, that's definitely one of those top skills. Wonderful. And what do successful women leaders do to manage their careers that, up-and-coming women need to learn from? 
Well, certainly all of the things we've discussed, and, and by the way, each, each one of these different elements that I've talked about so far uh, has, has come from observing the successes of other women leaders. So I've been able to interview and coach and shadow many very successful women leaders and, and women who are in the process of advancing into senior le level leadership in their career and, and reverse engineer what are the things that they've done well so that I can now pass those practices and skills on to other women. But I noticed a new one recently and I'd like to share it with you because it, it really came as quite a revelation. And I was talking with uh, Kim, Kim Brown and Kim is a Vice President of Finance uh, with Walmart Home Office. And I, I asked her, Kim, do you have a mentor? And, and she kind of laughed. She, she sort of chuckled to herself and she said, I have five. <laughs> I know it's a good idea to have a mentor, but I have five. And it, it sort of set me off along this path of every time I'm speaking with a senior level woman to ask them that question, do you have a mentor? And Ellie, I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked and delighted that every time I ask that question, I get the same reaction. They'll chuckle and they'll say, well, I know you're supposed to have a mentor, but I have many mentors. And so it seems that the key here, uh, that one of the things that successful women are doing differently is that they're constantly looking at what are the areas of leadership they want to develop in themselves and what are those new leadership skills they want to groom themselves to, to be better at and then looking out uh, within their company or within their professional network and, and identifying who are the key people that bring those skills to the table and not being afraid then to reach out and connect with those individuals and either have formal or informal uh, mentoring conversations with them. So it's all about uh, having as many mentors as you can throughout your career. And what are some great traits and qualities that we should be looking for in mentors? Oh, good question. You know, I, I think the the thing to remember is uh, that that you just you you just can't have too many of these. And so, you know, one school of thought is to pick the type of people who who demonstrate the kind of leadership that you want to be known for. And so a great way to start out looking for mentors is to figure out who in your organization do you want to be like. So who are the people who to you are a great role model of leadership. Now that's certainly a great way to get started. I've also heard from women who are further along in their careers that they started out doing that and it worked very well. But there comes a point in time where you want to broaden and, and open yourself up to mentoring from people who frankly you, you don't aspire to be like. People who may question your, your values or your way of operating in the workforce so that you expose yourself to a, a much greater uh, array of leadership styles and leadership philosophies. Uh, and, and, and just to put an additional spin on this, I was uh, at the Boeing Corporation recently and saw a, a panel of very senior level women uh, in their in, in their technology track. And one woman said, you know, if you really want to understand how to work with men in the workforce, don't just have male mentors. Pick some up-and-coming men in the organization to mentor because that's a great way of understanding how to better work with men in the workforce. So, you know, one of the things to remember is don't just look for mentors that you want to learn from. Look for who you can mentor because they can teach you a lot as well. That's fabulous. And I think a lot of women, they don't necessarily think that way. Maybe they think about getting ahead on a personal level and um, don't always think about, you know, mentoring those people behind them as they're climbing up the ladder sometimes. 
Yeah, yeah. In, in fact, I was um, I was facilitating a panel at a pharmaceutical company, and uh, somehow this panel got down the track of what's in it for the mentor. You know, what what does the mentor get back out of this? And I think myself and and the participants in the audience were really surprised to hear how much the mentor gets out of this. And so, if you really want to make someone's day, go ask them to be your mentor. It'll probably be the you know the the, the best thing that happens to them all day because they just get so much satisfaction out of it. But if you really want to thank your mentor, then the best way to do it is to pay it forward. So to go mentor someone else and let your mentor know that they've inspired you to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got a twist because you know how the current economic situation has gone. The uh, workplace has become a very, very competitive workplace it's because people are uh, afraid of losing their jobs and when it comes down to deciding between you and a coworker, people are going to fight to preserve their positions. So what advice do you have for women who are not only trying to climb up the leadership ranks but are also just trying to maintain their positions at work due to the current economic environment? It's such an important question right now, isn't it? Thanks. Um, well, you know, all of the skills that we've discussed so far, when, when, when times are good and the economy is going well, these are the type of skills that will get you recognized for advancement. However, when times are tough, and I know that a, a lot of your listeners will be facing, you know, tough times in their organization and in their industry, all of these skills that we mentioned are the type of skills that help you keep your job when times are tough. But one thing to remember, though, is it's, it's not all about you. Now, if, if you decide you're going to climb the ladder and step over uh, whoever gets in your way, yes, you'll, you'll advance to a certain point, but you'll build a reputation along the way as someone who's not a great team player. And, uh, you know, one of the things to remember is that the greatest leaders are those who cultivate leaders all around them, 360 degrees throughout the organization. And I was really reminded of this uh, by Claire Babineau-Fontenot, and, and, and she's a very senior-level woman at the Walmart Corporation. She's their chief tax officer at the Walmart tax office. And, you know, we did a wonderful webinar and interview on all of the steps that a woman can take to make her accomplishments visible and, uh, and demonstrate her brand. But right at the end of the call, she said, but remember to pull others up with you as you climb. And I thought that was such an important message. You know, if you really want to become known as a leader, then it's not all about you. It's about who you facilitate along the way. That, to me, is a true leader. Great. And what are some of the things that may damage someone's reputation in the workplace as they're trying to climb up the leadership ladder? Hmm. Hmm. Good question. So, you know, I think one of the big ones is just not being aware of the office politics going on around you because every workplace does have the unwritten, unspoken rules of the game. Uh, so, for example, I was talking about this topic at a workshop recently and we were talking about what are the rules of the game in your organization? And, and one woman raised her hand and said, you know, in my organization it's really important that before you make a decision, you engage the, the consent and the collaboration of the entire team around you. We're a very collaborative team. You have to get buy-in from everyone before you move forward. And then a woman sitting on the other side of the room raised her hand and she said, you know what, in my organization it's the opposite. We are told you, you must always take the lead, 
drive results forward and it's far better to act first and then beg for forgiveness, forgiveness later. And I thought what a great example of the importance of knowing, uh, be, being tuned into office politics and understanding the rules of the game. And when you, when you know what the rules of the game are in your organization, you're going to be able to take action and avoid some of those potential mishaps and, and pitfalls that might really harm your reputation. And so these are things that, that you'll never find written down in, in the employee handbook that they give you the first day you arrive at a new job. In fact, they might actually be the opposite. So one of the important things to know is just to you know, keep your eyes and ears open and, and notice what's going on around you in, in the, political, uh, the, the office politics landscape and take your cues from how others behave around you. And, and that'll help you avoid some of those missteps that might damage your reputation. That's great. And once you learn those things, what's the best way to tap into the office politics? Oh, good question. So, uh, you know, one of the most important things to know is that um, it's one thing to understand the office politics and know the rules of the game, but quite another to play the game. And, and so for a lot of us, there'll be a point where we draw the line and we'll say, okay, there, there's a political game being played here and I know I'm aware of it, but I'm not willing to, to participate because it steps over a line in terms of my values or ethics. So one of the important things to recognize is that, you know, while it's important to know the political game that's being played, you don't necessarily need to step in and play that game if it crosses a line for you. So it starts with being very clear on your own values and ethics and what are the things that you will or won't do to play along. Another great tip for recognizing the office politics, and, and this works especially well if you're coming new into an organization and need to quickly get up to speed with what's going on in that environment. Um, you know, one is just to uh, uh, pay attention to who around you seems to be very good at doing this well, because there's usually one or two individuals who are very respected and highly regarded, and they have a great reputation, and they're also able to navigate office politics in a way that's really healthy and ethical and get along with everyone around them. And, and so identify who that person is. And if you can, take them out for coffee or take them out for lunch or just schedule a 20-minute informational and say something to them like, you know, I noticed that you are uh, really good at navigating the, the organizational environment here. How is it that you've learned to do it so well and what tips can you offer? So in essence, you're asking someone who's really good at navigating the organization to be your mentor and, and be your guide through this. Fabulous. Um, and can you share um, what some of your personal uh, secrets are to success? Sure, sure. Well, you know, I think the most important one uh, going is going back to the leadership brand model that I shared earlier. And so fairly early on, uh, after I left my corporate career and became a corporate escapee and, and started a coaching company, I, I recognized that the other executive coaches who I looked up to, who were very successful and also well-respected, these were people who, who had carved out a very distinctive niche and had found something that they were great at, that they were widely known for. So I thought, hmm, you know, I, I'll, I'll need to find a niche like that for myself. And, and so I actually hired a coach 
at the time, so I hired my own coach, and, and one of the assignments we worked on was figuring out what my niche was going to be. And so using a model very similar to that brand one, I, I looked at, you know, what are my skills and talents? What am I really passionate about? But also where is there a, a potential thriving market for, for the services I want to offer? And my coach actually had me list out, you know, a hundred different specialties I might be interested in and we narrowed it down to 50 and 20 and 10 and 3 and, and I just I still wasn't getting it I wasn't getting uh, what it was I, I really wanted to take ownership of as my brand and finally she just laughed and she said to me Joe, you know when you talk about women in leadership you just sound 10 times more excited than everything else and, and Ellie from that moment on I thought you know what what I want to be is I want to become known as the women's leadership coach and so it, it fit that model of being something I was very passionate about. I wouldn't say at the time I had all the talents, but that was something I was willing to work on and build over time. And I also knew from my experience, having come from the corporate workplace and, and having struggled to advance in my own career track, I knew that there had to be a, a marketplace out there for the services I've provided. So I think the number one success factor that's really helped me build the women's leadership coaching company and, and build my brand, so to speak, in the marketplace for what I do is understanding this brand model and really tapping into, you know, what is it I really want to become known for that fits a great niche in my career. Fabulous. So, Joe, we're down to our last minute on the show, and I want to give our listeners an opportunity to learn more about how they can get in touch with you and learn more about your program. Thanks, Ellie. Well, uh, my, my company is called Women's Leadership Coaching, Inc., and you can find us at womensleadershipcoaching.com. That's womensleadershipcoaching.com. If you visit our website, you'll quickly find that we are a company who is here to help women create a roadmap into uh, positions of influence and leadership in business. And how we're able to help you with that is by providing some very low-cost webinar series where you get to learn uh, some, some additional leadership steps like the ones we talked on today. But we also do live workshops and executive coaching programs too. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Joe. You've been very informative today, and I know that our listeners got a lot of information from you that's going to benefit them in their career and their businesses. Thank you for the invitation. It was great talking with you today, Ellie. Thank you. And to all my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, you can drop me a line on Facebook and let me know what you thought. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and until next week, God bless.